Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Offset, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers. We've made it to the regular season. Keith, uh, today we're previewing the first game of the season, the Denver Broncos visiting the Seattle Seahawks Monday night football. Russell Wilson returns for the very first time in a uniform outside of Seattle coming back into Lumen Field. Might be the, one of the few times he actually uh, returns and plays in this stadium uh, if the schedule uh, kind of holds true. Uh, Denver, I don't think, would be scheduled to return to Lumen Field until 2029, I believe. Yeah, unless it ends up one of those where um, you have to play one of the uh, the they finished the same record or the same position in in the division than you were. You were the third place, and they were the third, and then you know you play true. each other. Um, like every once in a while, you end up with some of those that are random. Um, usually, it's your in conference. Um, other opponents but yeah um other than preseason which he probably wouldn't play anyway and if he did it'd be like a token drive you know at the beginning of the game or something so but, um, what do you expect out of the fans there do you expect them do do you expect them to give him a warm welcome a cheer or or not because well as with anything um this is an individual choice <laughs> But it comes down to fan, but you know how things go in the first season, the first game, and the you know the crowd's going to be kind of hyped up, and um, you know people will kind of see him warm up ahead of time before the cameras kind of roll and stuff, and it'll be interesting to see. I, I would personally think it would be a blend. I mean, you're going to get some people out there that don't really follow the 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 intricacies of the off season, all the ins and outs of what's going on behind the scenes. Those guys just show up, and and um, and the games in front of them, and and most of the time for those folks, I think that you would cheer um, just based on a, a guy that's played his heart out for you for ten years, played some some very good football, gave the city its first Super Bowl title, um, you know, and then there's others that are kind of seem to want to gripe about whatever's you know going on in, in his personal life and uh off field stuff and the squabbles they had maybe behind the scenes um that are being brought out into the open now and, and just kind of have a little axe to grind and i'm not one of those i mean he's still one of my favorite players i'm going to cheer for him when he's not facing the seahawks now after introductions i mean he's not going to be personally introduced on the field anyway um but when he when he takes the field for the first time I would imagine most fans are going to be cheering for the Seahawks and cheering our defense on and, and stopping him. I don't know if there's a concerted effort out there to boo him per se, but um, definitely cheering for your own team and cheering against uh, their offense when he's on the field. I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I expect, uh, I actually, my expectation is that he gets a, a fairly warm uh, reception, like, you know, for, right at the beginning because of what you just said. But I also understand that, you know, the, the narrative has definitely changed um, over the last few weeks that it's, he wanted out. He was the one who forced his way out. Uh, 
like that's that's been the narrative and i know he got booed at a seattle storm game um which is so. weird it's you know whatever i mean people are it's human nature people are going to do whatever they're going to do and to feel good in that moment and but i think the reality is the long-term reality is he'll be a favored person in this uh town for a very long time for the reasons i mentioned he'll be going to uh the hall of fame in a gold jacket someday and seattle mm-hmm. will be featured prominently in that um he'll be tied to pete carroll forever mm-hmm. uh, as a coach quarterback uh duo that was you know better than 99 percent of all um coaching quarterback combos that that have been out there and so um on the on the whole it's definitely gonna the positives outweigh any negatives that, that could happen it wasn't his fault per se that he um was traded uh, you're, you, it's so complex uh, it's just a multifaceted layered thing there it's football it, it's a business say, it's football it's to say that it wasn't know, his fault that he was traded i think is misrepresenting the facts because he not only asked well, to be is traded, it a fault he, though i mean fault is he, so weird about he asked to be traded here. he said i and will not resign here i um please get me out of here i want to go to denver but it's it's not a personal thing here we're talking about it's a business it's a you know you're talking about a franchise who wants to maximize their opportunities and uh, by trading a player at the pinnacle of his career for maximum return is john schneider's job so they're they're actively working on their end to make a trade wilson might be saying you know i had some disagreements um you know i I really wanted to advocate for myself and my own career and my own um accolades as far as being mvp and so forth and those things didn't quite work out the way that i wanted them to and yeah, i might be better off saying, going to a de- another what city. you're saying there's nothing not wrong with match, any of that though what, what you're saying though does not match any of the reporting from the last two months well brady henderson just came out and said exactly that 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 he basically got pissed off at the at the franchise for not allowing him to be competitive in the mvp race a couple of years ago and, and when pete carroll kind of shut it down in the second half of the season and my thing there is what what does it matter it doesn't matter it's like i can i get what he's saying in as a, as a player where he's wanting to be you know personal um accolades and pro bowls and mvps are really important and super bowls and all that stuff and he's a competitor he wants to win i get that he's a player he's a good player and then on the other side you got a franchise that's looking out for the entire thing the the whole yeah, but the, the, the franchise didn't want to move on from him like that's, that's what the, that that, that's, that could very well be true that's the reporting from the last it sounds months, like we're getting fran- some mixed messages there, is that though. the franchise um the franchise moved on from russ because russ demanded it okay let's um, just say that that's true keith what does it matter it really doesn't matter i mean the the reality is it didn't work and he's gone and now we're moving on i i don't know necessarily that fans are going to hold him personally responsible for that and like rag on the guy for now forever and ruin and tarnish the relationship it just seems so weird and and petty that way but it is a business and in the end he's not here and whatever way it resulted in with that outcome um here we are and i to me i think that you know the franchise is going to move on and move ahead i hope he has a great career 
you know, wherever he's at Denver, whatever, personally, just, I, I hope he does well. I don't wish him, uh, any, anything bad. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll agree with you on that. Um, and in fact, like one of the things that I wanted to talk about in this show is you and I have a differing opinions on the Broncos roster. Um, I think you undersell them quite a bit. I think yeah, this is a, they got a great I think defense, this is a, Keith. I think this is a nice roster, um, like a really nice roster. Maybe well, not a by Buffalo unders- Bills roster, but a very, very nice roster. <laughs> by underselling, if you mean that I think that they're going to finish fourth in the AFC West, yeah, they they are. They, they have a really good roster, Keith. I don't disagree with you there. There's three other teams in that division that have a better roster than the Denver Broncos. See, and I don't agree with that. Like, I think the I think uh, Denver's roster is better than you're giving them credit for. Like they're they're they've got uh, talent and depth all over. They've got a really good defense. Look at that offensive line. I mean, um, it, it's it's just it's really solid. As, uh, assuming that Billy Turner is healthy, um, yeah. You know they've got great it's, it's young, that, great yeah. young weapons. Dalton um, Reisner, tremendous uh, running game. and Quinn Miners in the middle of their offensive line is young and unproven for the most part. I'm just going to say that. And so, uh, you know, it, it's not unlike our our offensive line. I agree with you. Their offensive line is a little bit more established than ours, but nonetheless, I think it they're really good at the tackles and then inside. It's kind of it's okay. It's a it's quality. I mean, Quinn Miners, holy cow! You and I were all over that. Yeah, I was going to say this is the draft. same Quinn, Quinn Miners that you thought was going to be like second round pick, and you loved no, him. No, totally, absolutely. Um, but and uh, yeah. this is his second year in the NFL, so we'll we'll see. So. I you know the bigger question for me on this Denver Broncos deal is their coaching staff. I mean, you've got a brand new coach and Nathaniel Hackett that spent four five years total as an offensive coordinator in the NFL, that's his experience, period. Never coached an NFL game uh, in his life as a head coach. Um, And then you look at the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. Brand new offensive coordinator. Never been an offensive coordinator in the NFL in his entire life. Defensive coordinator, uh, Erjo Evero. Uh, Brand new defensive coordinator. Never been a defensive coordinator. Uh, before and so i'm I'm more i'm much more concerned about the defense as far as the coaching goes because um on offense well you've got nathaniel hackett who has been an outstanding and he's going to be the play caller too yeah so i'm not i'm not concerned about the fact that that his his oc and is is young and 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 learning uh because he's in reality he's or he's coordinating the offense um uh, hack it is but on the defensive side like there is a ton of talent here but at the same yes. time like you've got to get guys in position to make plays um and is this young coaching staff going to right uh, going to do that like that is yeah. that is a um uh, a question uh and you know, Bronco fans are going to be like, well, of course he is. He's, you know, he got the job for a reason. This yeah. was a well, he got the job because he was approach. Nathaniel Hackett's friend. They played college football together. They roomed together for three years. They go way back. So there's a trust level yep. there. But he doesn't have a lot of experience. It's a great opportunity for him. And and what he's doing is he's basically said, okay, we've got Vic Fangio's 3-4 defense in there. We're not going to change anything. In fact, we're not mm-hmm. going to change anything so much that I'm going to learn all of the 
uh, the, the play calls, all of the terminology uh, that you used last year. And I'm not going to bring in any of my own stuff. That's how, that's how this is going. So he's kind of adapting his overall coaching thing to what they already had, which is great because they were third in uh, the NFL last year in um, scoring allowed. And so this is already mm -hmm. a good defense, like you mentioned, very deep. Um, you know, when we talk about what the Seahawks are going to be able to do against this thing, um, I'm really not sure because I think they're, they're a swarming defense. They're a three, four. They've got great pass rush and disruption got, in the middle. And they've, they've got, got great, great secondary corners. Yeah. I mean, where, where is this defense not good? Um, they're good all over. I mean, they're a top five <laughs> That's defense. That's the question. Keith. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, they're a top five defense if their offense can sustain drives. And I talked about this with with the Seattle offense last last show. Is can they sustain drives? Can they convert third downs? I think that's going to be the question. We know but the difference that the Russell difference Wilson. Is, yeah, you have Russell Wilson instead of um, you know Geno Smith. They're going to extend drives. They're going to make plays. Yes, um, and that and, and that is really the difference with this team, I think, and that's why they end up their floor is probably eight or nine wins, and, and oh, their God, ceiling their is probably twelve. Is, I think their floor is ten. Mm. I mean, you just you're, you're about pretty it. bullish on on this team, and I'm not. I'm just not quite there. It's a it's a it's a top five defense, and Keith, then you've they got drafted an tenth with, in the they drafted tenth in the 2021 draft for a reason. They had no quarterback they had no quarterback that is true but now that they do it doesn't necessarily mean it translates into five extra wins so you know look at the difference like we you're in my predictions for seattle with no quarterback is you know five wins and and a top five pick this roster with no quarterback carried just just awful quarterback play to being 10th like they were in the playoff hunt until the end, despite the fact that they were getting nothing from the most important position on the um, on the field, and then they improved in this offseason. You go out and get a like special player like Randy Gregory, um, and you know you they're better than they were. The roster is overall is better, and you have Russell Wilson. I yeah, mean, I mean they, and they got Deshaun Williams, Drew they got DJ Jones, both from uh, you know San Francisco. Uh, you mentioned Gregory. Their their defense is loaded. They've got some nice it's backups. Loaded. Nick Benito, they drafted. Um, Demary Mathis at, at cornerback. Mm -hmm. um, you know they've got some good depth. They've got solid front line starters on defense. I'm not going to question the defense, but I am going to question that offense a little bit. You know, you've got a new quarterback. You've got a new coordinator. You've got an um, you know, a couple of new players and some depth pieces that they need to kind of bring together before I think this this team is ready to go. And I'm in agreement with more of the traditional looking pundits out there who are waiting to kind of see and, and put a, a label on this team as as this season goes on. Are they ready to go out of the gate as being a competitor for the in in the AFC? Are they in contention for the AFC West? I say no. I say they're the third or fourth best team. I think the fourth, just because I, I do believe that the Raiders are just a little there, bit ahead of them. Is there any defense in the division that's better? 
Kansas City is really looking good this yeah. year. And and you know who's who could be better? The Chargers. The Chargers are a complete team, in my opinion. They are a complete team, and I'm not. I'm not trying to argue, you know, against that at all. I just uh, this defense, is and we're going to have the we're going to have this conversation at the end of the show because we're going to do a little uh, roundabout yep. look at the at all the divisions in football and kind of predict this thing a little bit. This defense, to me, is the best defense in that division, and that's a division of four teams that are all Super Bowl contenders. Um, in the best division in football in the best conference in the league. Yeah. Um, and, and they are like, this is the best defense of the four, in my opinion. And you look at an offense that has Russell Wilson and he makes everyone better. We we've seen that in Seattle. He takes average players and makes them look good. Um, he, uh, he can, he can um, elevate yeah elevate yeah he, he can take a, he can take a, a terrible offensive line and have a good have a decent offense with it um because of his talent and this isn't a terrible offensive line like i really like well Garrett I, I, and, I i do too but i will say this it'll be very challenging for this offensive line to learn how to block for russell wilson it's not like it's just going to be magic and russell didn't play a down in preseason and so i believe that there will be some time that is necessary for these you know and and in fact there was an article uh an interview with garrett bowles that came out that said listen our, our biggest challenge right now is just to kind of figure out where russell wilson's going to be and what he's going to do you know with the scripted plays and figure out what we need to be able to do to sustain blocks for longer than we're used to and that's a big thing well um luckily for denver uh they have a they have an opponent in week one, which is ready-made for them to work out some of these kinks. That is very true. Because that defense and Seattle's offense with no quarterback, Seattle's not scoring a lot of points in this game. You know, Denver's offense doesn't have to do much to pick up a win here. What's interesting to me is you've got Vic Fangio's defense um, for Denver, and our Mm -hmm. offense is actually going to go against that now. And we've seen that we're basically running a Vic Fangio defense in Seattle. And so those guys have seen that um, in training camp um, throughout um, throughout the summer. And so that'll help a little bit, just a little bit. But conversely, Denver's done the same thing. So advantage is kind of even there. But I think they'll be able to move the ball. I just don't think they'll they're going to get a lot of shots down the field. And this could be a, a defense that confuses. Geno Smith a little bit and creates turnovers based on that. Now Geno takes the care of the ball better than uh, a lot of quarterbacks in the league, and and he's going to be conservative inherently just because of the way that Pete wants to be able to um, dictate terms. But uh, you're right; it could be a long day. It could be a long day where there's not much scoring on Seattle's part, and our defense conversely then gets worn down towards the third mm-hmm. and fourth quarter. I expect Seattle's defense to um, surprise a lot of people, um, especially nationally. Like I think Seattle fans are starting to warm up to the idea that the weaknesses of this defense that we saw going into the year aren't weaknesses, and this defense has a chance to be pretty dang good. Um, who do you like? The, like who are you going to be watching in this 
game, Keith, as far as players on Seattle's side of the ball that you're really just going to kind of be looking for them to kind of establish themselves in week one? Oh, I, I want to see uh, Daryl Taylor and Nawasu, who are the two guys that are going to start um, as as the outside linebackers in this 3-4. I want to see what they do uh, because they are both being positioned to have monster years. Um, so I'm looking at that, and I'm looking at uh, the, the cornerbacks because um, Tariq Woolen is just physically a beast, and he's gone from being a guy that – we thought of as a, you know, a year or two project to being a starter. Um, and Kobe, uh, Kobe Bryant was, you know, we thought we were watching him, you know, in, in camp and you were like, wow, this is the best cornerback on the roster. Um, that's or the best cornerback on the field because the, the two starters weren't playing. Um, and he ends up as this, the starting nickel. And I'm like, between the two outside linebackers and the two outside corners, like, that was expected to be kind of a weakness both in both those right. spots and it's initially not, yes. it really isn't it's not a weakness um or at least it doesn't appear to be based on everything we saw in camp and and in the preseason so um yeah that's what i'm looking forward to i think seattle's defense has a chance to be really good um i just know they're going to be on the field a lot they're gonna, they're going to be on the field a lot and they're going to be put in bad situations where it's like they're t- you know um they're they're coming <coughs> on the field and, you know, the opposing team is only 30 yards away from, from the end zone. You know what I mean? Like, uh, they're going to be put in bad situations. They're going to be on the field a lot. They're going to be tired. And I don't know if Seattle has the depth to continue to play at that super high level, um, you know, over four quarters when your offense does nothing. Now a word from our new sponsor, Raycon. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of the Foo Fighters, and it's been great. One reason it's been great to listen to because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge, trust me. Raycon's give you eight hours of playtime and 32 hours of battery life. Raycon's price just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. When I'm using my Raycons, I have three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, and noise isolations. Whether I'm in the studio or listening to my favorite band, my Raycons are great. Go to buyraycon.com TPPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com TPPN to score 15% off. By Raycon.com slash TPPN. Yeah, I I agree with that. I agree with that uh, wholeheartedly, in fact. Um, so it'll be interesting. You know, I, and time possession is going to be interesting. Last year, it was fairly lopsided against Seattle. Uh, teams were averaging, uh, holding the ball 35 minutes a game. Seattle had it for 25. It was kind of crazy. Um, you just can't That's win in the little- NFL that way. Like that's less of a um, difference than I remember, um, and I know. Well, it's I mean, it was bad in certain games, but that's kind of the average <laughs> at the end of the year. I know. I'm just saying, like my 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 memory of last year is that um, opposing teams had it for 50 minutes and Seattle <laughs> had it for 10, which I know is not true, but right. that's the way my brain works. Like it was 
they the defense could not get off the field. Yeah, and they it was a just... combined. Now I I think that that's going to be a little better this year. I think the defense does get off the ball. I think they generate turnovers at a higher rate than they did last year. But and they're going to get off enough. the field on third down. They're going to get off the field on third down more because they were they were a terrible third down defense for most of the year. Um, um that's a that's a very interesting um, stat line that I think I'll be watching this year because. Uh, Ken Norton's defense and Pete Carroll's, they ran that same thing out over and over again. They didn't disguise it. The bend and don't break philosophy. They just gave up so many conversions and so many, even long conversions, third and long, they would give up. And so it'll be interesting to see if the aggression that we're hearing about makes a difference. (laughs) They they did. They bent and broke uh, last year. And, 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 you know, we're talking about a lot of the same players and, you know, it was a defense that didn't work last year and we're expecting it to this year. Yeah, because we're expecting the coaching to be competent and Ken Norton wasn't. Um, and from what we've seen, yeah, like you're saying, they're going to be aggressive. They're going to attack. You're going to see uh, more blitzing, more putting pressure on them, going for turnovers. You're you're going to see, you know, they've they've replaced guys that don't have ball skills with some ball hawkish kind of guys right. I, I expect this to be a much more fun and just overall good defense and they added a bunch of talent i mean noasu all the draft picks um quentin yeah. jefferson and shelby harris on the line like they there's a lot of talent here and i think that nationally um the pundits are are they're looking over Seattle's defense and not seeing all the stuff that's there. Yeah. They see, the and, Bobby, and, they see Bobby Wagner's not, and they go, and they just, they just pass on it and, and say, wow, this whole roster is bad. And it's not, the roster is actually pretty dang good, but the quarterback play is going to be the worst in the NFL. And players you didn't mention, like Alton Robinson are going to have a bigger role this year. Mm-hmm. William Mafe is, is going to have a role. Um, and nobody's really talking about him. He's been a little injured the last couple of weeks. I did, did notice that he came off the, um, you know, on the injury report, he was uh, listed as having a shoulder, but uh, limited on Thursday, but full go on Friday. So he's, he's going to be green lighted mm-hmm. in this game. Um, Sidney Jones had a concussion, was limited on Thursday's full practice on Friday. Ryan Neal's back, Fold, Gabe Jackson's back, uh, Jake Curran's back, Damian Lewis is uh, still limited with his knee. Not sure about um, Damian Lewis in this game on the offensive side. Was it a side knee or is it an, I thought it was an, for him it was an ankle. On the injury right? report, it, sh- it says knee slash ankle. Okay. Because um, it was, so the, maybe he's was, got a couple of things going. Yep. It was the ankle sprain that was like not, uh, it was a high ankle sprain, but not a high ankle sprain. And at one point we were, when it happened, we were worried it was broken and all of that. Like I, I kind of don't expect him to play in this game, and I'm curious how what the, who the starting offensive line and who gets to start at guard. Who do you think, Bill? Uh, wow, Jake Curran kind of deserves it if he's if they view him as a legitimate left uh, left guard or right guard, and you move Gabe over for a game or or whatever, but. He should have a shot, you know, and Phil Haynes, obviously, I think is, is uh, Pete Carroll earlier came out and said that they've got three starting offensive guards on this team. And he included Phil Haynes in that. So mm-hmm. wouldn't surprise me if they start Phil Haynes and keep Jake Curran as the guy that they, uh, that dresses, but stays in reserve. See, I, and that's what I was expecting is if this had been at right, at right guard, 
I kind of expected Jake Curran to go in because that's where he got his playing time in the preseason. Was it right tackle and then right guard? Um, at left guard, you have to talk. You're talking about now you're moving multiple pieces in order to get him on the field where you can just stick Haynes in for Lewis and go. And, and so you're only moving one piece. And so I'm, I'm expecting it to be Lewis. Um, or sorry, I expected it to, it to be Haynes uh, in for Lewis. Um, but it's still an interesting thing to watch because the offensive line has depth that we're not used to. Like, yeah, they've got a couple of additional pieces this year that that they've just not had, and that's really mm-hmm. nice, nice to have. And the only thing um, they're really they're really thin on on the offensive line is its center. Yeah, if Blythe goes down, there's nothing. This is nothing behind them. So a couple other injuries that I wanted to talk about. Uh, I'd mentioned Alton Robinson before; he hasn't practiced the last couple of days with a knee. That ought to be something to monitor. Artie Burns hasn't yet completely recovered from a groin; did not practice Thursday or Friday. That really probably means that uh, the team had listed Mike Jackson as the number one starting corner opposite Tariq Woolen. So I expect him to get uh, the start or plenty of play. And then um, Tyler Ott has a shoulder uh, injury and did not practice Thursday and Friday. The team signed a practice squad long snapper in Carson Tinker. Uh, the other day and uh, waved a player to make that happen. And so that'll be an interesting thing to watch yeah, where I mean, Tyler Rod's been perfect for four years and all of a sudden he uh, really has. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Now you've got Tinker. I mean, um, I thought we weren't allowed to talk about Tyler Rod because he's a long, long snapper. And this is, um, this is one of those times where he's not <laughs> practicing and they signed a guy. So we're going to see. Um, who Ken is, Walker's who is, also out this game. Yeah. Who was the guy that, that Ott replaced? Was it Freeze? Was that the yes, last name? you are who, good. Keith. Who just was, he was, was really, awful. he was not we, good. And they kept running him out there and running him out there. Well, yeah, we kept, we mentioned his name because he wasn't just, getting the Just ball. like that kicker from, uh, from uh, Minnesota Walsh. Um, Blair. We, Blair Walsh, man. Blair Walsh. We just didn't, we don't want to mention these guys' names anymore. And they, they you freeze. John, mm-hmm. Fre- was it? No, John Freeze was the quarterback. Yeah, that was the quarterback back, what was, back in the John Kitten days. Yeah. Um, honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. And I don't, I don't know. And Whatever. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I'm just saying that when, <laughs> when they made the switch and they finally got rid of Freeze and they brought Ott back, um, the difference was noticeable in special yes, teams. Yes, right. And like, i.e., we never had to mention the long snapper position again. Yeah, the, it was instantly better. And um, yeah, and and we we've kind of made it a thing, like because we he's not he doesn't make mistakes the same way that Freeze did. We don't need to mention him, and there therefore we're we're going to try our best not to. <laughs> um, but here we are talking about him because yeah. he's hurt, and because well, hopefully this mentioned. is the last time. So I don't want I don't want to mention his name for the rest of the year <laughs> because I want him to be healthy. I want him on the field and I want him to be as good as he has been um his entire time in Seattle. All right. That's what let's, I'm for. Let's do this. We're we're gonna come back on Monday, Tuesday and have a recap show. Um every week this year. We're also gonna have a middle of the week show where we're gonna talk about uh, this week in Seahawks football, player of the week, what we did that we liked, what we need to work on. We're going to also have a uh, a college quarterback stock mm-hmm. watch 
uh, segment every week because that's going to be, I think, as time goes on in this season, more and more interest as to who the future uh, quarterback of this team will be. And we'll, we'll kind of incorporate that into the show. It'll be fun. So uh, with all that said, it's time for predictions on this game. And then you're going to kind of lead us in a, in a segment to go around the league uh, yeah. after, after this. So um, for this game, um, sorry, uh, my fellow Seahawk fans, I don't see this going well for Seattle. I see this, this, being bad and getting worse um and i'm looking at seattle losing this game like 31 to 10 mm. which as, as before you go oh god that's terrible the rams lost by that same score um so um last night and thursday night football i i okay so i'm gonna counter but i'm not gonna go in a completely different direction um it's really hard to score 31 points in the nfl i don't think that's that Denver's going to score 31 points on us, but it could happen if our offense can't convert anything, because if you keep that defense out there long enough, eventually it's going to break down and they're going to score points. I'm not putting it past Russell Wilson either to light it up on Monday night football in a return. This is kind of one of those ready main moments for a player like Wilson. You know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to go slightly lighter and go Denver 27 Seahawks 17. I, I think that we'll be able to score a couple touchdowns, maybe a full goal. Maybe get a turnover. Maybe that leads to one of those scores. Um, but it's it's going to be tight. I don't expect us to get any closer than ten points in this game. And yes. if we're if we're in the in the lead at halftime or some weird thing, some weird thing, um, I will be very surprised. I don't expect to be leading at any time in this game. I just don't feel like we're going to start the game strong, um, and we're going to be able to score points. It, it just seems hard to me. And I don't, I'm going to have to see this team go out and prove it to me. Mm-hmm. It really is basically what it comes down to. Cause I think a lot of my predictions are going to end up being this kind of wishy washiness because I need to see, I need to see this team and what, what really transpires when all the starters are out there and Gino's leading the team. Maybe I'll be wrong and I, I'll be happy to be wrong. I honestly oh, will be happy to I'll, be wrong. I, and if they beat this team, I'll be back here on Monday just going, woohoo, this was crazy. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, because I don't expect you and I are it. fans. I you yeah. and I are fans. We want Seattle to win. We want this team to be good. Um, when we predict a loss, it's not, you know, we don't want to be right. We want to be wrong. Go prove us wrong, Seahawks. Go prove us wrong, Gina Smith. Go be a competent yeah. cornerback for the first time in your life. And, um, no, come yeah. on. First time in his life. Now, come First on. First a, a competent NFL quarterback. And, and, and it's been a long time between starts. I mean, right? I think seven no. years. Last between year. starts on the first, on the on the week one starts for Geno yeah. Smith. Yeah. So good luck, Seahawks. Good luck, Geno. I'm serious. Good luck. Okay. I, I really do want them to be successful. All right. So, so this, you got? this is our, this is our last show before, um, the NFL truly kicks off um, league-wide. We have, we've had one game so far um, in which the Rams looked like they were on a serious Super Bowl hangover um, and the Bills looked hungry and by far the better team. I don't expect that to persist as far as I don't expect the Rams to be that bad um, going forward. But um, other than that one game, the NFL is before us. This is our last show before those games start. So I want us to go in 
and kind of make some predictions. Who do we think is going to win each division? And then at the end, we'll, we'll pick the, um, the uh, Super Bowl representative from each conference and, and who we think is going to win. So I yeah. want to start with the, I want to start with the AFC just because I think uh, it's more compelling and more fun. So the AFC East, who do you have? And now a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Week 1, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Wow, it's uh, this one's easy. This is about as easy as it gets, and it's Buffalo um, over probably New England. Miami's right there, but you know I don't expect a lot from Miami this year. I expect New England to be about where they were last year, um, but Buffalo is the clear winner of this division, if not mm-hmm. the entire AFC. We'll talk about that. Talent-wise, it's Buffalo, a massive gap. And then New England, Miami, and the Jets. I, the Jets are actually going to be better than I think some people think. Um, and by better, I mean they're not going to win three games. They're going to win six. I, <laughs> I, I hope you're. I hope it's true. Um, I have a problem, an issue with Wilson. I think they might want a quarterback next year. If they win six games, I think they're going to be ahead of Seattle, and uh, Seattle's in a better spot. So I agree with you there. Okay, AFC North, Keith. Um, so the AFC North actually is is a is a rather competitive division. Very. Um, it would be much more competitive if Cleveland had their quarterback all season, regardless of what you think of him as a human being. Um, we know he can play football. Um, and without him, you re- it really comes down to two teams. And since he was the um, Super Bowl team from the AFC last year knowing that they were going into this year with a ton of cap space and could fix the holes in the roster. And they Mm -hmm. did just that. Mm -hmm. I'm going, I'm going with the Bengals. Um, Baltimore's tough. I think they're a playoff team. They're going to be a hard out when they get there. Um, But I can't, I can't pick against the Bengals right now. Yeah. Joe Burrow, you know, was just a a man on fire. uh, Second half of last year. I expect that to continue. Jamar Chase, they added some key pieces on defense. I've got Mm -hmm. Cincinnati up there, but Baltimore, uh, Lamar Jackson just uh, decided and the team decided to move on away from contract talks. It looks like he could possibly be a free agent if they don't franchise tag or do something you know crazy i'm sure they will but but he may end up getting traded out of that situation so uh he has a lot to prove this this season we'll see if he comes back from injury and uh they can put it all together but i i do have cincinnati you know getting to the super bowl and not winning it i think gives that team the added incentive plus the added players that they um you know they, mm-hmm. they improve their offensive line and defense 
I have Cincinnati in the AFC North. All right, so let's look down at the, at the um the AFC South. Who do you got down there? Well, I've got Tennessee over Indianapolis. Um I think Tennessee's still got a great team. I think Indianapolis is at best equal or, or the same even with Matt Ryan. Um and Jacksonville and Houston are, are still coming along. Houston could be the worst team in the NFL. So Tennessee yeah, um, I've got Indy um, down there. I, I think I know it's a trendy pick, and Tennessee's probably a safer pick. Um, but I like what Indy's done. I really like their coaching staff, and and now they've got a quarterback that they can count on. Um, and they needed that. Like last year, they would have been, they would have been, a, yeah. uh, a much. I mean, they almost made the playoffs with they. They probably would have been ten, two wins better, I believe. Yeah, they certainly wouldn't have lost. Because Carson Wentz was not not great. Oh, he was bad, and they they. I mean, and not only was he bad, he was absolutely terrible in that Week 17 game against Jacksonville that they had no business losing. But he simply just played his way out of Indy um, with one of the worst games that you'll see. Um, and I could see I could see them nipping uh, Tennessee. You never yeah. know. Tennessee could it's be. Uh, diminishing. I, I honestly, I don't know Tennessee's roster as, as well as I should. Um, but I, I don't know it's that a, they're ascending. I just think that they're they're kind of holding mm-hmm. court, and we'll we'll see if that's enough. It's a two team race in the South. I like both teams. So, all right, here is the hardest division to pick um, in the NFL. At least in my opinion, it is. Um, who do you got in the AF? C West. Yeah. You know, the trendy pick is, is the Los Angeles chargers right now with Justin Hubert um, at, at quarterback. They've improved all around. It's a fun team. They're going to score tons of points. Can the defense be better enough to, to really get them over the, the, the hump they lost in the, um, in the final game last year to, you know, to get into the playoffs and they just, they just missed. Denver, it's got a splashy new quarterback. They probably the biggest offseason move in the NFL uh, with Russell Wilson. Uh, Kansas City's there. They traded away one of their biggest assets in in Hill at wide receiver this offseason, but they got a boatload of um, capital in return. And then the, the Raiders, everyone's favorite team at the end of last year. They overcame so much with the coaching staff and Gruden. Uh, they came. Derek Carr proved that he could be a, a a clutch performer in big games, and that's a fun team. So for me, it's Kansas City by an edge, and uh, followed up by the Chargers and Denver, and and possibly Vegas. But Denver and Vegas to me are just about the same. Honestly, all four of these teams are really, really, really good. Um, all four I think- would make the playoffs in the NFC, no question. Yeah, all four would be the um, favorite to win their division in at least six divisions if they weren't in the AFC West. That's a pretty big statement. Prove me wrong. We could probably go around the horn and and prove you prove you right. I bet the only uh, the their their current division in the AFC East are the two that I pick um, where they wouldn't be, but. The AFC North is going to have a, a say in that as well. So, all right. So, before um, we go to the NFC, um, out of the AFC, I never gave you my, I never gave you my prediction about the West. 
Okay. Give me your prediction. I don't want to because now you cut me off and I don't want to. No. Uh, <laughs> um, I am going to join everybody um, that with the trendy pick and, and pick the Chargers. I think they were really, really good on offense. I think they're going to be better this year. Um, and they were one of the worst defenses in the entire NFL last year. And they added so much talent at all three levels that I expect their defense to be pretty dang good. And I, I just expect them to come out and win it. Um, wow. And that's such honest, a hard division. I mean, they got to yep. go through a gauntlet of their own division. And honestly, I think um, second place is Denver. I'm huh. picking Kansas, Kansas City to finish third and still make the playoffs with like 11 wins. So <laughs> third at 11 wins. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Okay. So let me ask you this Who are your two teams that you would have in the AFC championship game? Um, my AFC championship, or, or if you want, you can talk about the seven playoff teams to get there. Well, my, my AFC championship game is going to be, um, you know, Buffalo and Cincinnati, um, maybe wow. Buffalo, maybe Buffalo and, and, and the chargers it's Buffalo and my super bowl team coming out of the AFC is Buffalo. Uh, I just honestly don't, I don't see them stumbling. They're too good. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, there's not much more to say, but I will say this. Um, my team going up against Buffalo is Kansas City in a rematch of the AFC Championship game, and Buffalo gets its um, payback and ends up in the – or not not the AFC Championship game, but you know what I mean, the division game. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just don't know that Cincinnati is ready to repeat. Now, if they're mentally, I could be completely wrong. They could be just mentally ready to go. And if they are, they're a very competitive team and they could get back there. But it's hard to get back there. But I think Buffalo's hungry and talented. Um, so there's, they're my representatives out of the AFC as well. All right, so let's move over to the NFC. Um, let's start with the East. Um, in one of the least interesting divisions in the NFL. I don't know if it's oh. least interesting. I like it. Really? I like, yeah. Yeah, I think Philadelphia, you know, is is come on so strong and quick with two a terrible roster turnaround two mediocre teams so uh, yeah, well i think philadelphia is more than mediocre i think philadelphia is actually a contender in the NFC, nfc this year um jalen hurts has been really good a good quality starter um and then their their entire roster has been really well developed and turned around there in philadelphia they've got a lot of nice pieces and they're ready to go um, so that's the team to watch, kind of a little wild card team out there to, to watch this year. Uh, Dallas is diminishing to me. Um, so I've got Philadelphia in this division, actually. Yes, I, I have Philadelphia as well. Um, they have a really nice roster and a quarterback that doesn't throw the ball well. Um, he is a good leader. He runs the ball well. They, he runs that offense. At, that is a running offense. It's a college offense, but he doesn't throw the ball. They're going to they're gonna struggle to win close games because you put the ball in his hands with three minutes left and they need a touchdown, and he's not a not the thrower that other quarterbacks are. Um, that's why I don't think they go very far in the playoffs, but I do think they win that division because the rest of the division is so bad. The Giants, you, uh, I think the Giants are probably the worst team in the NFL right now. And um, the commanders are not much better. Agreed. How about the North Keith? So um, the North to me, like at this point, how do you not pick the Packers? Um, oddly, I noticed today that 
um, the majority of the bets coming from Vegas um, are on the Lions. Like 51% of the bets for winning that division have been on Detroit. And I don't see it. I don't get it. Um, I love Dan Campbell. I think he's going to be, he's a fantastic coach. But you still got Jared Goff and you still got roster deficiencies all over the place. Um, they make a big step forward. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're I don't think they're the doormat of the NFL anymore. I think they could get to to even nine wins. I really yeah. do. But but, I, but to win is gonna division, be eleven or twelve. Yeah. Maybe I mean, even how, thirteen. I mean the, in that bad of a division, in a bad NFC overall, I think Green Bay's some of the cream of the crop. Yeah. And they could get to thirteen wins, no problem. Yeah, they're gonna have they have a fairly easy schedule because they get to play well their own division twice. And it's not a um that's not really that tough of a thing for them to go do. Um, and I just, I, I honestly, what do you I think of Minnesota? Uh, Minnesota is perpetually that team that is right at the border between being a wild card team or being out of the playoffs. I don't see them actually improving. They're going to be right there, either just in or just out and are very quickly yeah. out in the playoffs if they do make it. Um, and honestly, um, they had a pretty decent draft, but but all their dra draftable players are not starting. So you know, they drafted uh, a nice defensive end. They drafted Brian Asamoa, which we talked about uh, quite a bit in the, in the draft. Um, Lewis Sign, the the safety, mm -hmm. Andrew Booth Jr. at corner, um, but none of those players could could uh, kick out their their uh, incumbents, and so. It'll be interesting. I, I really, I, I agree with you. It's a mediocre team in a mediocre division in a medi mediocre conference. And I still see them at like eight wins, mm -hmm. you know, seven, eight, so, seven, eight, anyway. nine wins in that range. Yep. All right. So green Bay, let's go to the South. What do you got in the South? Well, it's Tampa Bay by default. Almost. Um, I think Tampa Bay is, you know, well coached, ready to, to come back. New Orleans is going to be there if Winston can stay healthy. But other than that, their offensive roster is okay. Their defense is really nice, makes a lot of plays, is aggressive, generates turnovers, um, puts their offense in a position to, to be successful. And, and sometimes they will be and sometimes they won't. So it's a low scoring team, but a good team. But Tampa Bay is just the cream of the crop there still. Carolina and Atlanta have a long ways to go. Uh, see, and I, I don't, I don't actually agree. I'm going uh, with um, New Orleans in the South. I think that um, Tampa Bay lost a lot um, this off season, and uh, in, what they lost most of all was a coach. I mean, they were well coached when it was Bruce Arians. As much as mm -hmm. I don't like Bruce Arians, mm -hmm. and the fact that he's the color of my shirt currently, bright red, um, during games. But um, that's true. He uh, Todd Bowles. We've seen him as a head coach. It wasn't good. It wasn't pretty. He was in over his head. I still, I think he's going to be in over his head again. Um, the fact, and then there's all these reports recently that Tom Brady's just not engaged. He's not dialed in like he was in the past he's like here because he decided he wanted to be but then there's stuff going on at home and and now so he's super distracted and he's just like yeah whatever we'll worry about it when the season gets here um 
and he's you know 84 years old now um you know who's so, coaching the defense on the uh for the saints um one of your I favorite like coaches should. is it chris richard it is yeah that's part of um i knew i liked that um that team um <laughs> no chris richard is um he, like i said he's a great teacher is he a great coordinator uh, no he's not great he's good he's not he's good, he right? shares the role there yeah. actually but he is a fantastic teacher of players and um i like him and honestly i like that roster just up and down the roster the concern is going to be Jameis winston and his ability to turn the ball over but if you look last year until his injury he wasn't the turnover machine he was um in tampa and they don't they're not going to ask him to do a lot he doesn't need to do much i think they can he can go through and and um and and lead them to a game and i think with with tampa taking a step back um new orleans is primed to take over that division yeah we're gonna see we'll see mm-hmm. we'll see okay one more division all right arizona los angeles san francisco seattle we're very familiar with this division keith who do you got um my opinion of this division changes about every 15 minutes um it's definitely diminished from last year but i think that san francisco is probably the team they have the best roster there's so many questions at quarterback, but I think yeah. um, I think Shanahan's going to have um, that all figured out, and it's going to be. Um, uh, I, I think. I mean, even if he, even if he doesn't play great, they're they're good enough everywhere else for them to win, and then the, the Rams look like they're gonna need they're gonna need a few weeks to wake up after their super bowl hangover uh, yeah i think that i think the 49ers are in a position to to really do well if trey lance plays well they they face the bears in week one then the seahawks then the broncos it's not very tough going out um yeah, but the, that for- broncos game is at um mile high and then the rams but then they play the, the panthers and the falcons and things kind of get easier for a little bit so i imagine this team's going to be um a contender after six to eight weeks and we'll see uh, how they come together in the second half if Trey Lance um, plays well. Um, if there's no weird quarterback controversy, I do believe that this team and this roster has overtaken the Rams roster. I think the Rams lost a little bit on defense. Obviously, they've got some issues with their offensive line after mm-hmm. Whitworth is gone. And um, so it'll be interesting to see if. Uh, the Rams can hold things together long enough to to stick around, but I think the uh, the Forty ers are my pick in this division. Wow, I thought for sure you were going to go Arizona after the start last year. And, <laughs> funny. Um, no, Arizona is still my third best team in this division. It's not a bad team. It's not a bad team or a bad roster. It's a kind of a bad coaching staff. It's a bad coaching staff, and yeah. it's just kind of accumulation of uh, of that plus. Kyler Murray is a, is a pretty decent quarterback, Keith, but I think he's got some maturity issues that hold him back, I think, from being a real leader and carrying the team when they need him most at the end of mm-hmm. games. And that's why they end up losing some games down the stretch. Yeah. So. Um, I I don't have any problems with what he does physically as a quarterback. He is 
a young Russell Wilson who runs around and pisses off defenses because they think they've got a sack three times and he gets away from them all three times in the same play and then throws it deep for a long score. Um, he is fun. He's exciting. And he's very, very talented. I like Kyler Murray. Um, I do too, all of those things. And I like, I, I like large portions of their roster, but I think they don't have people for Kyler Murray to throw it to anymore. Um, at least uh, until new Hopkins gets back from his suspension. And I honestly don't believe in that coaching staff. That might be the worst coaching staff in the NFL. They did trade for Marquis Brown. I do have to, to mention that. They've got A.J. Green. Rondell Moore, however, was injured. Looks like he's going to be out four to six weeks, um, which is not good for them. And then they would need to be reliant upon Zach Ernst and Max Williams. Trey well, McBride, yeah. though, is there, came on. You've he got, might have a larger role now. But, yeah, you've got a, um, a 72-year-old A.J. Green and a 73-year-old Zach Ertz as your two best weapons. Um, and that's just not that's not a, a way to take care of your young quarterback. Very true. All right. So now let's get to the NFC overall. Who's your representative uh, out of the NFC to go to the Super Bowl, Keith? Um, out of the NFC to go to the Super Bowl. Um, honestly, this is a hard pick because I just don't. I just look at the AFC and like, God, there's so many of those teams that if they were in the NFC, they'd be my pick. Um, but I'm gonna go with the Packers. I think they've got an easy road to the number one overall seed. That's gonna help them, you know, get through the playoffs and into the Super Bowl. And for in that, they get the um the honor of losing to Buffalo by three scores. You know, the, the, the interesting thing about what you've just said is that the green Bay Packers have the easiest path in the NFC and they're one of the better teams. So by mm -hmm. default, I think that they're going to be in that conversation. They're going to be in the NFC championship game, I think but I think it's also going to be the San Francisco 49ers there. And I think the San Francisco 49ers have been building this roster for two or three years now. They made a major trade last year to get Trey Lance onto this roster. It's his time now. I think he comes along. I think the, the coaching staff's invested in him with Kyle Shanahan, that offense. Um, that's a good offense for him. And Kyle Shanahan finally has a quarterback that's able to take advantage of all the things he wants to do, plus the defense. And so... I'm going with the 49ers to be the out of the NFC wow. this year and to to take on the Buffalo Bills and lose in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Super Bowl, yeah. So you, so we each have we we have a um we differ on which team is going to lose to Buffalo in the Super Bowl. Yes. Um <laughs> <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So so Buffalo Bills is are definitely my my team this year. Um and it just kind of be cool to see if they could actually win a Super Bowl mm -hmm. as opposed to losing the last three that they were in um, with, with Jim Kelly. Or it was a four. Um, four in a row. Four in a row. Wow. Four Super Bowls in a row. Um, I, I will say this. Um, I was watching that game last night against the Rams, and uh, they felt like last year was their 2012 seahawk here where the roster was really nice but they it's just kind came of a, up, they came I'm not up short it's, it's not arrogant per se it's just confident yeah it's like very confident it, team it it really comes that team comes off 
like the 2013 Seattle teams. It's just top to bottom. That roster is just better than, than everybody else. And, you know, Josh Allen's playing great football. Yeah. Oh man. I mean that those completions in a row, I mean, and some of them were dumped offs and stuff, but the, there was a few to dig that were just outstanding and mm-hmm. the timing, his timing and his ability to escape and create uh, plays. And, you know, he's not looking to run per se, but if he needs to run, he's also very talented uh, doing that physical, bigger guy that can, that can move the chains. I think he's one of the most hit quarterbacks in the league. So we need, they need to be careful with him. But, yeah, but he's he's huge. He's you know <laughs> he's like two hundred and forty um, pounds, isn't he? Yeah, he's like six four two forty. He's a linebacker. He he outweighs some of the people trying to tackle him, um, and that's why people bounce off him. <laughs> he's hard to get down for those sacks. Um, I just he's he's so how really how right big now. was that Von Miller signing midway through free agency for them? Um, just I to kind of give him that little. I don't hmm. think it was that big. Because I don't think they needed him. Now they've now got him. They've got that's like depth that they didn't need. It's like star power, but that defense was damn good before they signed him. Yeah, and their depth pieces are like Terrell Bernard and and Career Aleem, the the corner out of the draft. You know, Aleem was one of the best cover corners in in all of college football, and he's mm-hmm. not even starting. Um, AJ Epinesa, the the the, uh, the really high end uh, pass rusher from a couple drafts ago. Um, these are all guys that aren't even starting; they're just yeah. rotation pieces. So it's a it's a fun roster. Um, it's a fun roster for sure, and they've got depth at wide receiver. Uh, yeah, I, m- I miss when Seattle had that ro- that kind of roster. Yeah. Yeah, it's built to win. And it's built to win right now. Now I don't know what it looks like in a, in a couple of years. I haven't looked at their, um, you know, their uh, cash flow and mm-hmm. all that stuff. But uh, good team now, and they're definitely my pick. I mean, it's and it's not this the sexy pick. This is the um, if you know anything about football pick, yeah, because there's really pick. it's really hard to go any other direction. So, anyhoo, cool. So, yeah, it, since we've been talking about everybody else, any change of thoughts on this Denver-Seattle game, Keith, before we get out of here? None. I'm yeah. sorry. And this, I... this game was kind of cemented. You know, this, is, this has been kind of the pick for a while. It's just, it is what it is. Yep. The NFL wants to give Russell Wilson this moment. Coming back, facing his, his former team, beating his up on him. coach. Yep, you going know, back, beating up on him, showing that he's yes. still the guy and that Seattle is not the team anymore. Doesn't know what they're um, doing, et cetera. And yeah. I, fine. And we're going to sit back this year and we're going to watch some young players develop that are, have really, really yeah. high ceilings. And this team, once they get themselves a quarterback in the next draft, is going to be back very quickly. I'm actually uh, glad that this game is the first game. Just get it done, get it out of the way, and then move on. The story doesn't have to be the story anymore, and, and we can focus on on Seattle, which we are. Um, but but yeah, this adds a little element. I think it'll be a fun game. I think it'll be fun to have this little extra thing, and uh, I think hopefully Seattle stays in it for for the long haul. Hopefully they pull it out. They pull this thing out. It's just going to be bedlam, um, and it'll be great, and <laughs> and it'll be fun. 
So, I mean, yeah. that's what it's all about, and I'm hopeful for that. It'll be a good game, I think, nonetheless. We have to go through an entire weekend and wait for it on Monday night. So, uh, lots of other games to watch. But uh, we'll be back here on Tuesday, though, to have a show. We'll talk about the game, go through all the stats. We'll go through all the players that uh, that are winners, uh, some of the losers, and um, and we'll look forward to the next week, to the next one. So, till then, find Keith on Twitter. At Myers NFL, you can find me at NWC Hawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook. Seahawksplaybook.com is the website. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and share it. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWC Hawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.